Oh, because sports were gone, you guys thought that this was gonna not be a thing. No, it's a thing. It's a thing. We continue. The show must go on. Welcome to District Divided. I am your host, Amit Singh. This week's episode got a deep dive on the Washington Redskins with fellow DC man, Kadeen Wiggins. We get into Redskins free agency, expectations of last season versus expectations of this season, why you should be optimistic yet again. It's what we do. Hope springs eternal with that team and in sports in general. Um, again, now we know sports are gone, so I don't know what exactly is going to be talked about, but I'm going to continue to bring it weekly because it's fun for me. I think it's fun for you guys. Just another source of entertainment while you're all quarantined. Now, this audio with Kadeen was actually recorded before free agency, so you're going to get the perspective of a Redskins fan before free agency and what they should have done and you're going to then after that i will talk about what actually occurred in free agency why that may have been different why some of those things were the same and just a very brief breakdown on why the texans are the dumbest franchise in nfl history i am so so sorry that deandre hopkins is gone let's just get right into this deep dive all right so getting straight into the deep dive of this episode the topic is the washington redskins the guest is kadeen wiggins kadeen how are you doing today i'm doing great i'm great great glad to be here on your professionally sounding podcast oh professionally sounding podcast well we'll certainly take that endorsement thank you so much for that kadeen and why don't we just get straight into it so born and raised dc you're a huge redskins fan diehard redskins fan why don't you talk to us a little bit about how that got started and where you are as a fan now. Yeah, I mean, as a kid in D.C., my family was known mostly for basketball. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the uh, Urban Coalition, sort of like the Goodman League or something as far as basketball over the summer. Uh, my family ran that. So, like, I grew up around Steve Francis and Alan Iverson and all those guys from the NBA. But I guess as, like, a petulant little kid, I just hated it because <laughs> my family was into it. So I was just mainly into football. And as a matter of fact, when I first started, I was a 49ers fan just to be even more contrarian but I'll, at least it wasn't being a cowboys fan no never that never that my parents love me too much for me to do some that attention seeking <laughs> you know but um no ever since it was a little it was just the football was where it was for me and uh, i remember the first game going to at rfk when i was a little kid and then the inaugural season at jack kent cook stadium before fedex uh, ruined it with all those colors Ugh. yeah i know um but it's just, it's been the team that has probably given me more sadness, happiness, every emotion. It's just, my heart and soul is sort of ridden with this team, and the apathy finally sank in until, I think, this offseason, I guess, to a certain degree. Oh, spoken like a true fan there, Kadeen. And talking about last season, what a storm that was. We finished the season 3-13, and 13, of course, but entering the season, we've got all this quarterback controversy and, you know, just confusion Dwayne Haskins gets selected, which looks like a good pick on the surface, but who made the pick? Was it a football move or an owner move? Was it Jay Gruden? Was it Bruce Allen? Or was it Dan Snyder? So confusion there right off the bat. Jay Gruden clearly didn't look like he was the one that made the pick because he starts the season with Case Keenum at quarterback. And then we move to Colt McCoy before we even get to Dwayne Haskins. And Dwayne Haskins only starts games under Bill Callahan, who 
guess what, is the interim head coach because Jay Gruden got fired for not playing Dwayne Haskins. This is typical Redskins behavior. Can we talk about the expectations of last season and just how this even happened? I mean, we were even hearing reports that Alex Smith was getting his leg amputated. Why does this always happen to the Redskins? Well, I mean, the expectations going into any Redskins season is you get a little bit of stuff happening over the offseason that gives you hope. But at the end of the day, I don't think any real Redskins fan was looking at anything more than like a 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight season. But I think everything got thrown completely out, and you mentioned it when the Dwayne Haskins pick, was you had Jay Gruden, who was on the coaching hot seat. Then you draft a quarterback that barely pl- that played one year in college, and it's like everyone knows he has to develop. So what are you going to do? Well, we have Alex Smith, who's coming off the injury. You, you pick up Case Keenum. It's just like, all right, what are we going to be? We know that if we, if we do any kind of struggling, the Boo Birds are going to come out. They're going to want to start Dwayne Haskins. So it was like, you can't expect to go win a bunch of games with this rookie quarterback who's barely played anything. So it was just sort of this lost thing. I think as soon as the Dwayne Haskins pick came in, it threw water over anything you could possibly think as far as like playoff intentions or anything when it came to the team. Um, just overall, it's just, I mean, for me, it was probably the year where I expected the least, but I felt the less, least bad about it because like I said, that apathy, it sat in, it just felt like more of the same, all that nonsense that you heard about between Jay Gruden and who he wanted and who Dan Snyder wanted because his son went to school with him. And it was like, all right, here we go again. It's going to be another disaster. The defense is still trash because Greg Manuski did not a scheme and it's just, I mean, it was last year for the first time in my entire history as a Redskins fan. If it wasn't for work, I didn't watch games. Wow. And that was unheard of for me. I didn't watch games last year. Just I didn't care anymore. I just didn't care. I've been to more XFL games this year than I've been to (laughs) NFL games last year. And that's not something you hear from me. Oh, well, I mean, there were only two XFL games to go to. So clearly we now know that you only went to one or fewer Redskins games. Thanks for tipping your hat there. Now... Here's the thing. This offseason, hope springs eternal, right? That's how it works with this team. Jay Gruden is gone. Bill Callahan is gone. Entire coaching staff is gone. So is Bruce Allen. Redskins fans rejoice. Dan's right-hand man, gone. Now, Ron Rivera, a disciplinarian of a coach, but also a coach that's been to the Super Bowl. He knows what he's doing. The rest of the coaching staff, well-qualified. Is this a sign that things have changed? Simple question for you. Yeah, I think everybody was doing their decades list as far as like greatest DC sports moments or anything. Um, we did it on the podcast that I do, and I think my number three greatest moment as a DC sports fan was hearing Bruce Allen got fired. <laughs> so just to put that in terms of how excited I am that he's gone. But if you look at the Redskins, what you've been wanting for the longest time is a culture change from the top. And you know you can't get it from the tippy top when it comes to Dan Snyder, but second in command being Bruce Allen and just what he's meant in the just the shenanigans and the mess that he's really got in the organization. And it was good to get away from that. And to see him gone and who it is they replaced him with was like a guy who's a beacon of respect, a guy who in in Ron Rivera, who everybody around the league just loves this guy. You even look at how he left Carolina. There was no ill will. You had the owner that came out and released a statement. You don't, you don't get that. They gave him a press conference to go away. What fired coach have you seen (laughs) that gets a press conference by the official team as they're going away? True. It's just, you you see what this guy does, even what he's doing as far as hiring the first black female coach in the, in the league we have now, as far as even she's an intern, but still, those are not anything you hear coming positive from the Redskins organization until this offseason, and it just seems like the culture might finally get a chance to 
change, especially when you hear what Ron Rivera did before he got the job. He went and he talked to Joe Gibbs, went down, had dinner with the man, and he asked him the tough questions. What what is it like working for Dan? What do I need to look out for? And if you got a guy like Ron Rivera who takes no nonsense and is go and is has his his ideas and his mind made up, I think Dan Snyder has done an okay job for the most part staying out of the way. But I think when you have a yes guy like Bruce Allen, it's really easy for him to influence stuff. I think he trusts Ron Rivera. I mean, it's one of those situations where everything else has failed. Why not try this? And I mean, I, history shows I might not be, might not should trust Dan Snyder. But I mean, if I'm going to be a fan of this team, I've got to look for some sort of faith somewhere. And I think Ron Rivera is a huge part of that adjustment. And history does show that Dan Snyder has an incredible record of pulling people right back in for that next season. And uh, you know what? Can't even blame you. Ron Rivera does sound like a great hire. And Kyle Smith's the GM now, so we'll see what happens there. Now, moving on to free agency, though. The Redskins have $61 million in cap space. And if you're wondering, is that a lot or not? The answer is yes, it is. That's ninth in the NFL. Unfortunately, it's only third in the NFC East, so the Cowboys and Giants both have more cap space than the Redskins do, so you would expect them to be a little bit more active. The Giants at $74 million, the Cowboys at $77 million. Of course, the Cowboys still having big question marks around Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. So what moves do you expect the Redskins to make? And, you know, yeah, really, what can we expect this offseason uh, in free agency for the Redskins? I think this will probably be one of those years where we're more aggressive in free agency. But I, I think if you look at what Ron Rivera's approach has been, I, I mean, I don't know if he was the guy making all the calls in Carolina because they had Gettleman, they had a couple other guys there. Right. But um, free agency right now, there's a lot of needs for the Redskins team. I mean, how many wins did we have last year? Three. Three. So at the end of the day, nobody's safe. We've got needs almost <laughs> everywhere, right? But I mean, you could see a certain good core in certain players and – I don't think, at least when I'm looking through the free agency list, that I see a lot of stars I necessarily want, as much as it's a lot of uh, role players, a bit guys, and looking at depth or looking at certain guys that may be able to start but aren't necessarily stars just yet, but maybe guys that we can develop into stars. And there's a long list of those kind of guys. I mean, like, looking through it, um, I'd say linebackers looking as a place of need just because we're transferring from the 3-4 three, three, to 4-3, right? So... While the front four is pretty st- pretty stellar, you look at some of those linebackers that might go in transition to being the uh, a down lineman on that on the outs on the end of uh, that four three. So Ryan Kerrigan, hopefully, I'm a fan of hoping that he gets re-signed with us. You drafted Montez Sweat last year; he looks like he could be something special, especially the speed coming off of that. But um, there's a lot of question when it comes to linebackers and whether or not they could play that four three. Uh, the guys that we have in there right now, like uh, Cole Holcomb has been good, or decent at least. I mean, at the end of the day, the defense wasn't great. So, I mean, you can't really say anybody was that good. But um, at least certain guys, a little they have some talent. Uh, Sean Dion Hamilton, I think, is another guy that shows that he can do something. John Bostick's a guy that I think we're re-signing to and bringing him back in. But if I look at some of the uh, free agent guys, I'd take a look at guys like uh, Corey Littleton from uh, L.A. Yeah, reasonable. Uh, good coverage linebacker, not necessarily a whole lot. He has weaknesses in the run game, but... Playing weak side on a 4-3 as far as linebacker, that could be something. Um, you look at other guys like uh, Joe Schobert from uh, Cleveland might be a, might be an option. Danny Trevathan um, from Chicago might be an option. Um, and you also got some guys that might be coming back, like Reuben Foster still hurt. He was one hell of a talent. 
I don't know if he's a Ron Rivera guy necessarily. Just yeah, we'll see about that, right? Right. But he's talented. There's no getting around it. And if he could get on the field, I mean, that's another thing you can kind of mess with. Um, outside of linebackers, you look at the defensive backs are probably the biggest opportunity for success. They just got rid of Josh Norman. Um, about time on that. It wasn't that Josh Norman was a bad player. He just didn't work for the scheme that we were And running. not for the amount of money that was Absolutely. being paid to him. So uh, just for those that don't know, Josh Norman, one year, $6 million to the Buffalo Bills, which seems much more reasonable for Josh Norman at this time in his career. Absolutely, especially after the kind of the the, the runoff that he's had with uh, in DC is like he he's on a prove it contract. I still think he can be a good talent, but asking him to play these sort of man coverages and everything in the way that we have, he was getting burnt a lot, and especially the slasher, he was just trash in that game. So right now it looks like Quentin Dunbar is almost CB1. And if yeah. we recall, uh, for those uh, Redskins fans that do know, he did play wide receiver at one point. So to have him be your CB1 is uh, sort of an interesting thing. What what about guys like that used to play here, maybe like Kendall Fuller, Bashad Breeland being rumored in? What do you think of those corners? That would be my top picks as far as the cornerback position. I mean, you have certain guys. I, I would love for them to go get like a stud. Like I'd look at like a Byron Jones, maybe if the price is right, when maybe they'll overpay. Bradbury, who played in Carolina with uh, Ron Rivera, that'd be another guy. But from what I'm hearing, it looks like the Jets or somebody might try to make a big move on that. He might cost too much. But I'd love the idea of bringing a Kendall Fuller and a Bashad Breeland back, just that sort of depth. Fabian Moreau showed uh, flashes, another cornerback last year. Quentin Dunbar, even though he's sort of made a little bit of noise with wanting a new contract or something right now, he looks like he could be something really good. And um, I just look at Fuller, the guys that he was here before, Bashad Breeland was here before, and then they went and go played for Super Bowl-bound teams. I mean, and Fuller was a, they were were both really, really integral in that playoff run for- Each had an interception in the Super Bowl. Exactly. So it's like- all right, if you're, you're welcome, Kansas City, <laughs> but you have those guys. It's like, well, why are we letting these guys that we develop go and win Super Bowls for other places? Develop them here. They couldn't be good enough to do it, especially if you get that front seven working right. The, those defensive backs can really, really do something. And as well as uh, let's say outside of cornerback, we'd also look at safety. I think safety is where I'd want to make a bigger splash. Absolutely. So I look at Trey Boston, uh, corner uh, safety who played in uh, Carolina. Was a stellar corner, was a stellar uh, safety, and he can really, really uh, make up some ground. And I think if you've got a guy like uh, like Landon Collins, who we signed last year, really playing in the box, and you have somebody like Trey Boston that can really go out there and roam around, that would make a formidable uh, secondary. Um, outside of that, you have some of the some of the guys that are coming up. Monte Nicholson has shown flashes. I don't like him as a starter, but I like him coming off the bench. Troy Apke has been problematic except on special teams, but the dude has stellar speed. And if you team him up and get him fresh off the bench to come and do some things here and there, I, li- I like that idea. Um, so I mean, that would probably be where the biggest splashes go on defense. Offensively is a whole other thing as far as um, I think we have some good pieces on offense. But those are another things where I wouldn't mind making a splash of wide receiver with the cap space we have. So like an Emmanuel Sanders or an Amari Cooper. Like I'd have no problem with either one of those guys coming up, especially with who we have at uh, wide receiver right now, which is a bunch of young guns that are, I mean, how many rookies did we have last year that were contributing, contributing yeah. at a high level, right? So Very high level, in fact. It's To me, if you, if you get a good veteran to go with those guys, the sky's the limit. If you can get an Amari Cooper on the other side of the 
field where Terry McClellan's there. And probably the guy who I thought was probably best suited to be or had the highest ceiling last year was Kelvin Harmon. I don't think he's even scratched the surface of what he's able to do. Steven Sims came in. Cam Sims has shown flashes. I think um, if you get Trey Quinn really involved as far as getting him a lot of looks um, from the slot, maybe you could have a guy. I I think that's really, really interesting. Uh, Tight end, they got rid of Jordan Reed. Um, There's some options there at tight end. Hunter Henry, even though he's got some injury issues at LA. Talented, though. Talented when he's on the field. I wonder how much he'll cost if if it's reasonable. I mean, I don't want Jordan Reed 2.0, right? But... I like the idea of that talent, or probably the top guy in this free agency class of tight end, Austin Hooper out of Atlanta. Um, you team him up, he might be the second best option on the team at that point. And then what the running backs solidified, You Adrian Peterson's coming back. Darius Geis is a beast when he's on the field, and I can't wait to see Bryce, Bryce Love. Love. Oh, I can't wait to see Bryce Love. I don't. Chris Thompson's not coming back. Um, we don't need him. That is like you're You're set there. And then the only other question would be what you do as far as um, offensive line with the Trent Williams thing, which is something I don't know if you wanted to bring up. Uh, I think Trent Williams and actually what ends up happening with him, if they they gave him the option to go seek a trade, um, maybe we get some talent from there. I am a huge fan. I know it's been going around on Twitter. Uh, Trent Williams to Cleveland for David Njoku, the tight end, in like a second round draft pick. To me, that would be amazing amazing return for Trent Williams who is older and is now more injury prone at this point in his career that would be an amazing haul 100% so if you can get some talent like that I mean you're I I think you're a tight end and maybe a star wide receiver away from being a stellar team on offense and that also depends on what happens at the quarterback position but I'm a firm believer in building the team and then making sure you have a quarterback and kind of work with a team that's already built and not get his head bashed in like the Carr brothers or any other quarterback that gets destroyed in this league before they even got an opportunity to do anything good and there are loads of examples of those types of quarterbacks that many of us were fans of growing up where we were like, man, if that guy had an offensive line, he would have lit the league up. Everyone has those examples. The Redskins did it for years. I still look back at my the, the quarterback that I'm still a big fan of, and I don't care who, come fight me if you want to fight me. Patrick Ramsey could have been amazing. Oh, Ronald's got a boner somewhere. <laughs> Patrick Ramsey could have been absolutely amazing in this league. We destroyed his career. Jason Campbell showed huge flashes, and we could never keep him clean he was always getting hit it was always those situations where you have these guys that come in that if you don't have a team built around them enough they not everybody's a Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes is a once in a lifetime athlete agreed even Tom Brady Tom Brady's not winning Super Bowls by himself you have to build a team around him and if you're not going to build and that's one thing the New England always prides itself on is that offensive line right absolutely if if you don't have those pieces in place I don't care who you have back there you're not going to win enough or you're not going to keep your quarterback healthy in order to win anything. So, I mean, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at on that. No, it makes total sense. And, I mean, if you look at uh, the Patriots' cap spend, where that money's going, it's going to the offensive line, it's going to the defensive backs. That's typically how they end up building their team. So, I don't see any harm in trying to replicate that. So, yes, uh, Trent Williams probably on his way out. Brandon Scherf, he's got his own sort of contracting going on as well, potentially. It's it's fine. I mean, there is obviously going to need to be some addressing this offseason on that offensive line because with a young quarterback like Dwayne Haskins or anybody for that matter, you do need to give a bunch of these guys time. It just is what it is. And as much as I want to get into the draft, it still is a ways away. I would love to chat with you about Dwayne and Tua and all that stuff. But I think for now, there's still plenty of player movement that needs to occur. So once again, guest is Kadeen Wiggins. Kadeen, thanks so much, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it's it. It's been a pleasure. So that was your before look 
on what we're hoping the Redskins will do, and this is what actually occurred. So starting with the linebackers, Corey Littleton, who Kadeen had mentioned would be an excellent fit for the Redskins, actually goes to the Las Vegas Raiders, three years, $36 million. Joe Schobert from the Browns goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, five years, $53.75 million. Thank God it wasn't $54 million. That would have totally killed Jacksonville's cap space. Danny Trevathan actually stayed with Chicago on a new three-year deal. Ruben Foster is actually still con- still under contract rather with the Redskins for one more season. And just now, Thomas Davis on Instagram said that he is reuniting with Ron Rivera, so he will be a Washington Redskin. For a guy who's had an absolutely solid career, he is an elite veteran presence for that defense, and I think he's a huge signing for them. At corner, Byron Jones, James Bradbury, Kendall Fuller, Bashad Breeland. Starting with Byron Jones, Miami signed him five years, $82.5 million, making him the highest paid corner in the league. Also, Eric Flowers, former Redskin from this past season, who the Redskins were hoping to re-sign, actually signed with Miami as well. Three years, $30 million. He plays guard now. James Bradbury for the New York Giants, actually. Three years, $45 million going from Carolina there. Kendall Fuller is back, folks. Four years, $40 million. And honestly, I think it's a shrewd signing by the Washington Redskins. He is a local kid. He loved playing for the Skins before he was traded in the Alex Smith trade. And he is back. Bashad Breeland is still available at this time, so we'll keep monitoring him. Trey Boston at safety is also still available. Moving to wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders, still available. Now Amari Cooper, that was the big one. Dallas ended up getting him back. Five years, $100 million, but you cannot blame yourself, Redskins fans. You actually offered Amari more money, if rumors are true. So, did what you could with Amari Cooper, but honestly, did you want him for more than $20 million a year? I think it's okay that you didn't get him back. It sucks that he's with Dallas, but it is what it is. Tight end, Hunter Henry, franchise tag, but the LA Chargers. One year, $10.6 million he's getting this coming season, which means he'll be a free agent next season in a prove-it year. Austin Hooper ends up signing with the Cleveland Browns, four years, $44 million. Excellent signing by the Cleveland Browns because, as we know, all you need are weapons and no offensive line to win football games. Well done, Cleveland. Keep Clevelanding. Trent Williams still to be determined as to what happens over there. He's probably going to get traded, but right now he's asking for just way too much money, so I'm not sure who is going to trade for him. And then Brandon Scherf, franchise tagged by the Skins. He's going to be playing this year for one year. Of course, he's going to play this year for one year. $14.7 million, though, in a prove-it year. He has been injured the past couple seasons, so we'll see how that goes. The league-wide eye-openers. Tom Brady, of course, is on the move. We have no idea where he's going just yet. He's been rumored to the Bucks, the Chargers, with Phillip Rivers actually going from the Chargers to the Indianapolis Colts. One year, $25 million. Looking at other cool things, Jason Witten will no longer be a Dallas Cowboy, and he will be playing in the NFL. A one-year deal with the Las Vegas Raiders, so you will no longer be seeing him in a Dallas Cowboy uniform. Stefan Diggs. Man, I love that guy. And so did the Buffalo Bills so much that they gave up a first, fifth, and sixth round pick this year, as well as a fourth rounder next year. Stefan Diggs and a seventh rounder go to Buffalo with the remaining picks I just mentioned going to the Minnesota Vikings. And finally, Houston, you have had a shitty year. I mean, 
we were all dealing with the virus, of course, and everyone's, you know, stay safe and whatnot, but the Houston Astros get caught stealing signs, so that's not great. The Houston Texans, czar Bill O'Brien, head coach, GM, you name it, gives up one of the best, to me, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth rounder to the Cardinals for David Johnson, a second rounder and a fourth rounder next year? What? What? What are you doing? You have Deshaun Watson. You have DeAndre Hopkins. That is an elite QB wide receiver duo for the next 10 years. And you're trading DeAndre Hopkins for practically nothing. Running backs have been proven to be a dime a dozen. David Johnson's been injured as well the last couple of years. So you don't even get a first rounder. You get an injury prone running back, a second rounder, and a fourth rounder next year. That is absolutely nothing. Houston Texans fans, I'm sorry. I have no idea what to say to you at this time. I, I'm still stunned. I'm still absolutely stunned. But again, we're looking at where Tom Brady's going. Cam Newton is supposedly going to be traded now that Teddy Bridgewater is signed with the Carolina Panthers for three years, $60 million. So there are some rumors he'd go to the Redskins. We'll see what happens there. He's got that Ron Rivera connection, and Rivera did like him a lot. So if that quarterback position's open, maybe you draft a guy like two. I'm not even going to go there. Don't worry about it. But yeah, it seems like that's a rumor and we're going to follow that and maybe talk about that next week. And that is all for your NFL free agency state of the union. You didn't really think we were going to end on that, right? You know we always end with Polly Polo. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me. I spent my whole damn life in the city.